Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backheeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and I'm recording inside of an Airbnb in Las Vegas ahead of the USMNT's clash with Mexico tonight on Thursday, as I'm recording on June 15th, against Mexico in the CONCACAF Nations League semifinals. On this episode, I'm going to talk through what it's been like being around the team leading up to this game against Mexico, what I'm expecting to see tonight, and some of the things that could be coming next for the U.S. men's national team. So buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. And we'll get in and out the door in 10 minutes or less, because here on the Backheeled Show, that's just what we do. So without any further ado, let's get to it and talk soccer. All right. So like I said earlier, I'm recording here in Las Vegas I drove up earlier this week to cover the USMNT ahead of this game against Mexico and all the way through their game on Sunday, whether that's in the final against Canada or Panama or in the third place game against Canada or Panama. I want to start out by giving some of the vibes around the team. I got to be in and around the group yesterday and things are things are good. The vibes are are good among the players. Everything is, is normal on that front. They seem to be getting along very, very well. One of the main talking points has been Florin Balogun and how he integrates into this U.S. team ahead of what many folks, myself included, think will be his first USMNT appearance later on this evening. You know, I talked with a number of players yesterday, and they all gave glowing reviews about how Balogun is integrated into the camp. Chris Richards called him sick, not like you know he's not feeling well, but like he's a sick goal scorer. Talked about you know how you can never have too many goal scorers. Taylor Booth talked about you know, how there are already lots of guys on the team that, that relate to Balogun and, and that there's a strong culture there, that they're a good group of guys to get along with. All of that tracks with what we've heard about this team. BJ Callahan, interim U.S. manager, had nothing but positive things to say about Balogun, although wouldn't reveal whether he would or would not start tomorrow. So we'll find that out now tonight. All of those things are, are good. The vibes around the team are good. Everybody seems to be having fun. People are playing golf, having a good time, drinking Starbucks in the team hotel, all that jazz. I will say... It is weird, maybe this is just me, and and maybe it's weirder for me than it is for the players, to be around this group when there's no manager. You know, I went to BJ Callahan's press conference at Allegiant Stadium, a.k.a. the big boy Giganto Roomba that's in the middle of Paradise, Nevada, just outside of Las Vegas. Like, this is a weird thing, right? To go to a press conference for the second interim manager that's filling in for the permanent manager who was just involved with the team at the World Cup. It it just feels strange right now, to be totally honest, to be around the team. It feels like there's a a real lack of direction. And I think everybody kind of knows that. You know, I I talked to Taylor Booth yesterday, and he said, yeah, it's it's fine for me to come into camp, and it's good to be here, and he he feels like nothing really has changed for him. I think a lot of other guys echo the same things, especially for Booth. He's newer to the national team picture. He's still very much trying to establish himself and improve his game. You know, he talked about how... It's not a big deal, but it would be nice to have something to build towards. It would be nice to have someone that's leading the group that you can look towards. The U.S. doesn't have that right now. And and players know that. The staff knows that. Everybody in and around the team knows that. Everybody here covering the team knows that. And new U.S. soccer sporting director, Matt Crocker, certainly knows that. He flew into Las Vegas yesterday, so it would be Wednesday, June 14th, to meet members in and around the team for the very first time. You know, he's not had a chance to interact with these people still living across the Atlantic as far as I'm aware had been to Chicago but you know didn't have a ton of interactions there with members on the USMNT side so 
you know, he he's going to have a chance along with Ogucianyewu to meet with the team and to maybe provide some clarity about what the direction is. While all these reports around you know Greg Berhalter not being the Club America manager now, maybe being back in the conversation in a real way to become the USMNT manager, with reports from ESPN about. Patrick Vieira having genuine interest in the job and, and about things progressing a little bit on that front, at least in terms of conversations with Vieira. There's a lot up in the air right now. And I think Crocker knows that. Everybody knows that. We'll see what progress is made on that front. But yeah, some strange vibes, all all positive when it comes to players interacting with each other. But in terms of the big picture macro stuff, there definitely have been some strange things so far. So that's, that's kind of what I've gotten from camp so far. Players are happy. Players are having a good time. They're hanging out, going to get food, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. We'll see what the team actually looks like tonight against Mexico. And that's where I want to go next is how the U.S. might try to approach this game, the semifinal clash with Mexico, as they try to progress to the final, right? That's what a big part of this is about, is trying to continue to establish dominance in this region. I've got a few keys for this clash. The first is about Mexico, a team that is not near full strength. They're missing Chucky Lozano. Just some of the European players have really just arrived. Some of their other attacking options in Alexis Vega and Sebastian Cordova won't be available for this camp as far as I'm aware. At least they won't be available, excuse me, for this game against the United States as far as I am aware. So it is not a full-strength Mexico team, just as it's not a full-strength U.S. team. But for Mexico, a key for them is going to be shot selection. When you go back through and watch tape of Mexico for a while now, you can apply this into the Tata Martino era, which ended immediately after the World Cup. You can apply it now to the Diego Coca manager, the Argentine coach. He's coached in Mexico, Argentina, and a brief stint in Colombia. Mexico have quality players. They like to build at times. They've played a lot out of a back three under Coca, some back four as well in moments. They they want to build, but when they get to the final third, it's a lot of hopeful long shots. And that's what we saw from the team against the U.S. back in April in that weird sort of one-off mid-April friendly. The uh, All-State Biosteel Continental Classico, can we add any more sponsors to it kind of game. Like we saw that Mexico take a lot of poor shots, and that game ended in a 1-1 draw with neither team really establishing any sort of sustained creative movements in the final third. I think the U.S. will have much better luck at that in this game than Mexico on raw talent. So the pressure then goes to Mexico to say, all right, how are we going to create quality shots? How are we going to find space in the box? How are we going to have success? I haven't seen a lot of real attacking promise from Mexico, not that there isn't talent still in this group, even with it not being the first choice team. I'm curious about what that's going to look like for Mexico. Their shot selection, if they find good spots and take good shots, they're going to be in a better spot. If they settle for long-range strikes from distance, I think they could struggle in this match. So that's the first key. The second thing, second key, the second thing I'm really going to be watching for tonight is how the U.S. try to pull out and and play behind Mexico's center backs, especially if it's a back three for Mexico. The outside center backs are really aggressive under Coca in stepping forward to mark someone that's in their maybe vertical sight line, right? So if it's if it's a center back and it's maybe Christian Pulisic tucking inside and is a little bit deeper in midfield, that center back might step forward to mark him, which then presents an opportunity for a number nine, either Balogun or Pepe, or maybe Anthony Robinson on the left side to make a darting run in behind to target that space. You know, there's room to do that against Mexico. They've struggled with that in recent friendlies, even building up to this game. I want to see what that looks like. And the last thing for the US, and this will take us nicely into the lineup that we could see tonight, is how balanced or imbalance the midfield is right without Tyler Adams the U.S. midfield is always going to have questions and Eunice Musa and Weston McKinney were both asked about this leading up to this match and they gave answers about you know Tyler Adams is important it's it's going to be 
up to us to try and cover ground and try to do some of what he does or whoever replaces Adams. And that could be Johnny Cardoso, could be somebody else in midfield, or could be Musa and McKenney in a double pivot. It's going to be up to them to, to do a lot of the dirty work that Adams does. So my, my preference, moving away from what players said and into my own views on this game, will be for the U.S. to play in a, a pretty flexible 4-2-3-1 shape, right? They would press in a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-4-2 with a number 10 kind of stepping forward alongside the number 9. I'd like that to be Gio Reyna and Florin Balogun. And then in possession, it'll sort of shift, maybe into a back three at times, maybe into you know, at least a back two with the center backs pinched in, with the fullbacks, excuse me, pinched in a little tighter, and a double pivot. I think if you don't have Adams, it's worth trying to go all in on the attacking side and try to stack your front six with as many quality possession players as you can. So I would rather get Eunice Musa and Weston McKenney in together as a double pivot. That's the most talented midfield pairing you could probably come up with in this group. You put Giorena ahead of them and a little bit wider. You tuck Pulisic inside on the other side. You get Tim Weah hugging the, the right touchline. You got Jedi Robinson bombing forward on the left side. And then Balogun or Pepe would prefer Balogun up top as the number nine. I think you stack as many talented players on the field as possible. And you try to let your talent and your patterns in possession unbalance Mexico and, and, and really find attacking options. So those are some of the things that I'm watching for. Those are some of the things that I've, I've seen being around the team and, and felt being around the team. We'll have plenty more coverage here on the Backheel Show and over on Backheel.com about the USMNT as this week progresses. Stay tuned, folks. But for now, we'll talk to you again real soon. 